0: Together, we created Vetted Limited, trading as Check A Trade. Your expectation shapes your actions and your behaviors. And I cannot tell any businessman out there how important expectation is. You can't achieve something you don't believe you can. Fifty million was on the table. 50 million. I said, well, I'm really sorry, It's, it's finished now. To the people who it, it becomes the ruler, no amount of not them. It's because these people wouldn't do things that I wanted. I wanted them to stay in Celsie, look after my team. Yeah, yeah. The stress levels yeah. of turning down 50 million pounds. I don't know how I'm alive today. Glad you sold? No. Would you sell if you had the chance again? No. Why? I was Mr. Check I was the guy handing over trophies at Went. Every day has a purpose. But I gave them the business. Uh, they wanted some money for it. They said, "Kev, you've been using our man. They wanted house money for you run- to give I, them I, the I, business. I know, I know. But they said, "Kev, we've been using and we've, we've had some bills racked up, etc., etc. Give me, give us five grand." I didn't have five grand. So a good friend of mine said, Kev, I'll lend you five grand. And, and I paid him back over a number of months or years. I can't remember how long it took me. Jeez. Um, but, um, yeah. So it's at that point I separated from them. And that's, that's really hard separating from people you admire and they were part of your life. You, you yeah. know, and you're building something. Um, and that was very, very difficult. And it's like a divorce. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I had a really good friend, Richard, who was someone I could lean on his shoulder quite heavily. So together we created Vetted Limited trading as Check A Trade. And what, what, when was that? Sir? That would have been that, that same time. Was uh, it? 2000, 2001, maybe. Yeah. I'm not a very good yeah, remembering. No,
1: well, where, where where my brain's going is so About in real terms, you yeah. went from setting up the business to
0: tens and tens of millions in in twenty years. Yeah, but but a I lesson. didn't. I didn't because I still bounced along the bottom of life in the two thousands. Yeah, I did. So give us a flavour of that. You, what I'll tell that. you why. And this I I, I, I mentioned uh, earlier that. There were some great things about Christianity, but some negative things. And what I started to develop in my head was it was wrong to be rich. It was wrong to be successful. It's wrong to have a nice car. It's wrong, wrong, wrong to have all of these things. Because you're active in the church, and that's what you're hearing and seeing and feeling day and in, day out. Almost, yeah. you know? So I had this elastic band pulling me back all the time. But I want to be successful. <laughs> well, and
1: that guy said to you, "Yeah, that's what that was your purpose kind of thing. Did you remember back to that at the point at
0: all? Um, maybe once or twice a year, it might've entered my head, but it wasn't all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I still got, I still got the cassette, uh, that, that it was recorded on the reading. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I have to find it and listen to it again. You should, yeah. <laughs> I should share it. Yeah. yeah. On the internet. Yeah. Good point. Um, so, um, that's a very good point. I never even thought of that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that wise when it comes to promoting myself and stuff like that. And any, anyway, um something happened and it coincided with something else that happened a good friend of mine called uh kev sanders Uh, we both love fishing we were both great mates um I'm six foot three and he's five foot two. So it's quite comical, but he's an intelligent, really funny guy. And he came to me once. He says, Kev, can I, can I speak into your life? I can't remember exactly what it said, but basically he was saying, you've got to give this up, Kev. And this is after, this is after this is
1: vetted or this is,
0: this is checker trade. Oh, right. Okay. Checker trade had been going probably for another three, three years, four years. He says, Kev, this, you've got to give it up. You're miserable. Your wife's miserable. Your kids are miserable. When was the last time you had a holiday? Well, we've only ever had one holiday since we were married. Wow. Right. And, you know, there was no carpet in the hallway. There's no carpet on the stairs. And I'm still selling insurance, and I'm still cleaning carpets, and I've still got a window around, and I'm still cleaning pub pub carpets at 2 o'clock in the morning. Jeez. Um, and he says, Kev, you know, do yourself a favor. Go and get a proper job. And that was a me. real kick up my backside. That coincided with my business partner, Richard, the guy that I, you know, I, I one of the best guys I've ever met. Um, he gave me a set of CDs by an American guy called Bob Harrison. A typical American title called Awakening the Great Multitude Mind. Typical American. And, uh, and he gave He says, I'm going to throw these away. Do you want them? I said, oh, uh, yeah, I might, I might stick one on in the car. So I, I whacked one in the car. And Bob, you know, a set of five CDs, the first CDs, talks about um, how he was a Christian and how his belief as a Christian held him back. So t- like, timing
1: is everything. So he I mean? was
0: like, wow, that's exactly how I feel. And then you know, he went on a journey with the rest of the CDs, looking at the Bible, um, understanding the parables and understanding that God does want you to be wealthy, successful, influential. And there's and he he dissects lots uh, lots of the parables in the New Testament. And one of the ones that I like to talk about most is probably uh, the Good Samaritan. And this is actually originally came from Margaret Thatcher, believe it or not. Um, so the Good Samaritan, let's put it into modern day times. I'm walking down this street, and man, I could get beaten up because all of my enemies are here. Um and you're there and and uh, the first guy goes by and he's a religious guy, he's a he's an owner of a church or a leader of a church, and he sees the guy beaten up but thinks, man, that's too risky, and he just scurries along by quickly and a couple of other influential people that really should have stopped and helped didn't they just went on but i'm i'm there and i'm going i I just can't i know it's risky but i'm going to go over to him so i go over to him i pick him up and i take him to the nearest inn or the hilton if you go to a hilton hotel today and say can you put this guy full board for three days what's it going to cost at least at least a grand at least, because yeah. you haven't booked it. Um, so what does he do? He takes his money out of his pocket. Here's some money. Bang! I'm coming back in three days. If you need some more money, I'll give you some more. So the Good Samaritan is all about someone who cared, and it's also it's Without also about wanting someone anything in return. Well, that's not that's true, but that's not what I was going to say. It's no. someone that cared. It's someone that was willing to put his life at risk. But he was also a man of means. If he didn't have the means, he couldn't have helped. He couldn't have helped. He probably could have dusted him down, given him a maybe 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 a drink or a sandwich and then he'd be on his way. That would have been it. So the, it, it's not just about the religious connotations that people put into the Good Samaritan. It's also about means. Yeah, yeah. And, and that parable along with many, many, many others led me to the belief that God is not on the sidelines going, Kev, you shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't want that. You shouldn't be having a nice car or have a five bedroom house or whatever. It changed over a period of time to literally having God on the sidelines shouting at me, go on, Kev. Yeah. How far can you take this? How many people can you help? How many people can you help? And then with the money that you make, Kev, what are you going to do with it? Because I'm watching you. And I know that's not scriptural. Maybe it is, yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's what I felt. And that's what I feel. And one of the biggest things in my life is accountability.
1: But how, how did this, um, and accountability is a good word. I love to come back to But How did this impact and affect your relationship with the church? Because you, you know, on a regular basis, you're with people in your community and they're sort of, it's, it's good to go without, it's, you know, simple, yeah. simple life. And you're starting to feel and hear and learn and believe about abundance and, and about, yeah. you know, building to give as opposed to going without
0: to, to feel humble or whatever. Or well, maybe that's another podcast <laughs> <laughs> because the journey within that side of things is just dramatic and huge. And for many people, it, it, I don't think it was received well, Right, uh, but for some it was. Uh, it caused me to leave one of my ch- churches. It also caused me to leave another church after that. So that's quite a journey that is probably another story. But but to encapsulate them, one of the things I hear as you say
1: that, and I've felt along the way, not necessarily with churches, but with relationships, relationships uh you know i've been with my wife 35 years We've been married 30 years i will die uh happily with jewels um in my life but other relationships business-wise and that uh, you have to transition from sometimes i mean you, people might think well, i'm in this church if i leave the church i'm i'm giving up i'm a bad soul i'm a bad yeah. spirit whatever it is i'm disloyal yeah, yeah. uh when actually well, it's it all is all
0: necessary for <laughs> us to move on sometimes yeah and I did move on. And uh, there's a, an Australian guy called Ashley Schmira, who is now uh, one of my best friends for sure. Uh, he came over from Australia and his message was um, everyone in the UK uh, is beaten up as Christians and they're dry and there needs to be a move of God. And his viewpoint was strongly it is absolutely OK. To be influential because you need those influential peoples those wealthy people in your church in order to do anything so between
1: bob and the change of the church and ashley shamira did was that kind of like a springboard for checker
0: trade was it like did it change your mind state you know oh, well my mind state changed completely after going through the bob harrison <clears throat> cds um and it's he, he, he spoke about many things in that CD, one of them, which I think is massively influential on every single person, and that's your expectation. And people don't really understand what that word means and what the impact of that word yeah, has. You what you expect, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not that. Well, it is that, but it's a lot more than that. For for example, if you go into a marriage and you think, oh, man, I'm going to have to give this up and give that up and, and I'm going to be trapped, how good is that marriage going to be? Yeah. If you're going into recession and you're thinking, man, Sweet. I'm going to have to lay people off, I'm going to have to cut back on this, I'm going to have to cut back. your Your expectation shapes your actions and your behaviours. So let's turn that to a positive thing. If you genuinely believe that you are going to be the best weightlifter in your class, in the world, and you're going to be a world record holder. If you wake up in the morning and you've got posters on every wall showing previous world record holders, your idols, and they're on the ceiling. When you open a cupboard, there's another. You move towards the most dominant image you allow to reside. And who wouldn't have now, by now, um
1: Heard of the secret or the universe will provide or versions of this, but still, so many people, it's there. It's like, it is there. It's there. It's around us. We yeah. hear it. We feel it.
0: We kind of know it, but we just put, we we poo poo it. Yeah. We... And this is, this is not a Christian thing to no, me. No, 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 this I, is very secular. Anyone can do this. um So on one of my church trips over to Crimea, we actually met through the church this young lad. Who was this wide, um, quite short. And he had all these posters around his, his apartment, whole apartment wouldn't, would have been smaller than this room. Um, but yeah, posters everywhere. And I've, and I said to him, what's your ambition in life? I am going to be world champion. And he was two years later. I found out he'd achieved it. Fantastic. And it, and it is, it, it's how, how, how do you change your expectation? How do you change the way you think? But sometimes we can be completely surrounded by these
1: messages, if you like, or these uh lessons It still takes us years to actually take them on board kind of thing. what well, yeah. where did, did you suddenly realize, decide,
0: shit, I'm going to go for this yeah, or was it, a, you know, what happened? Tell me. I did. Uh, Bob Harrison said only 1% or 2% will do what I'm telling you to do on these tapes. And you thought, I'm going to be the one. And he said, those 2% will earn more money than the other 98% put together. And I thought, oh, that sounds good. I'm willing to give that a go. I'll give it a go. And if it doesn't work, if I I try hard on this for six months, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. In six months, I completely changed my viewpoint. And I cut that elastic band, those religious wrong... Perceptions of what Christianity was. I, I cut it. I cut them. And now I'll just do right. And, and I've gone and got a maps of the UK this big, bearing in mind I'm still in my shed at the bottom of the garden yeah. and I'm going in. And this is and now 2012. Oh, no, it's not that far. It's probably around about 26, or okay. 06, or 07. And I'm now going, I'm now going into, I'm you're not thinking national
1: all of a sudden. Though. Well,
0: I'm not, no. I'm thinking regional first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, there's a, a a story that, that Bob Harrison tells, uh, which is called The Fisherman Story. And you're on the bank of this, uh, not the bank, you're on the seashore, and you've got one guy fishing there and one guy fishing there. This guy catches big fish, puts them in his basket to take home. This guy, every time he catches a fish, he gets a 10-inch ruler out and measures it. If it's bigger than 10 inches, he throws it back. If it's smaller than 10 inches, he puts it in his basket. After a while, you can't take it. You understand what this guy is doing. But this guy, you have to go say, look, I'm sorry, I'm watching you, but you're doing it all wrong. He's he says, been in another leak, is he, isn't he? No, no, same place. But he's going, look, I, I don't understand. You, you seem to be measuring it. And if it's smaller than 10 inches, you keep it. If it's bigger than 10 inches, you throw the big ones back. That's not what you do. He says, the biggest frying pan I've got at home is 10 inches. No. <laughs> And that's where people are. You could be thinking. They can't think big enough. You could be thinking. And everybody is in this. Everybody. You could be thinking, I'm worth 40 grand a year. So I'm looking for a new job. So you find one at 35, not enough. You find one at 40. Yep, that's great. You find one at 42. That would be amazing. Find one at 45. You still might be circling it. But if you see one that says 100. You don't think you're there. You don't circle it. You don't go for mm-hmm. it. But, so we've all got 10-inch frying pan brains to one degree or another. But how, how do you expand that? You can't go from a 10-inch to a 20-inch. 20, 20 overnight you have to change the way you think and you can only change your way you think through two ways an emotional implantation you've suddenly been diagnosed with a serious illness and if you don't stop smoking you're dead yeah yeah. man i'm stopped got to act yeah the other way is repetition it's what you see and what you hear so this weightlifter in the crimea That's what he saw every day. You move towards the most dominant image. So what Bob Harrison said was go out and get something that represents what you want to achieve and look at it every day and speak about it every day. Call yourself the CEO. Start writing imaginary checks for the money you'd like to give away in the future write down what's what's not too big for you but it's a real stretch well turning over a million would be absolutely incredible but could i ever achieve it maybe in time so every day on post-it notes i'm writing down a million pounds million pounds million pounds million downs i'm looking at the posters on the wall i'm saying i'm going to be national i'm going to be national i'm going to be national i'm employing two people i'm calling myself the ceo i'm the ceo i'm the ceo and slowly but surely that Pipe dream or something you don't even believe that's remotely possible starts to slowly, slowly edge into a. Well, if I'm going to be regional, if I'm going to be national, I've got to be regional first. If I'm going to be regional. I need to get on the local radio station. How can I do that? Oh man, I've got no money. How can I do that? I've got my directory. I'll give him the back page. So okay. I went. So I went to see Spirit FM. Spoke spoke to Sally. Still know her today. And and Sally said, Well, if you give me another 250 quid along with the back page, I'll give you a thousand pounds worth of airtime in marketing, advertising. So oh, great. So now we're on the radio. So now phones, the phone starts to ring, and tradesmen are saying for the first time, oh I've heard you on the radio. How can I be part of this? Wow someone's actually called me early legion I, 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 I better go and do that on another radio station so i did i better go and do that on juice in brighton so i did and that started to build but but in amongst all of that time slowly but surely my expectation is changing it's changing from i'm bouncing along the bottom of life to i've got something which is phenomenal and my god wants me to achieve it yeah this is going to happen and i cannot tell any businessman out there how important expectation is you're you you can not achieve something you don't believe you can obviously there might be some examples out there like that's happened. yeah i used to have on my
1: wall if you think you can or you think you can't you're right you're you're
0: right but you can't you know on 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 a spiritual element which is where i would come from stronger than most the Holy Ghost can't give me something I don't believe He's going to give me. I've got to have the faith that He's He's going to give it to me. But I'm really there. I'm really there. And you're not afraid of the action, so you now got faith and action. Yeah. Going and I'm not. I'm not fearful person. I don't fear anything really, apart from uh, heights. I don't like heights. Anything. I'm not fearful. Um, and my wife would say, Oh, what have you done now, Kev? <laughs> How much have we lost this time? And of course, every, every entrepreneur will go through those types of things, but it, it's, it's like now we're going to do our very first TV. And, um, and I'm thinking, well, okay, what's, what's, what can we afford? So we get this TV guy who, who buys TV and he used to work for ITV and now he's a, a media sales fantastic guy called Mark. And he, um, Mark Shambrook, and he, I, I got into uh, knowing him and he's turned into a really, really good friend. And he's saying, Kev, you haven't got a lot of money, have you? I said, well, I could pro- I've got 10 grand. Okay, well, we can get you on for a month on really limited opportunities to, to hear uh, in the Thames Valley area. It's the smallest ITV region there yes. is. Let's do it. So we spent 10 grand and we did that and, and it, it was positive. We, you know, did it make us 10 grand? Probably, probably not, but we know it's a snowball. We know yeah, once yeah. trades are on and once they're using the feedback cards and they're telling other trades to join, it, it'll work. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, I've, I've, I've got to go on to something national. What can I do this national? So we were looking around and we came across sponsoring, uh, Good Morning Britain. Oh, wow. A lot of money. So I'm going, how can we possibly afford that? So I got my sales team to phone up every single member to ask them to donate. What businessman does that? (laughs) Can you donate some money? And we promise it will go to this. And virtually every trade did. How much did you raise? I can't remember. Long time ago, but it it was enough. Yeah. Um, but it, it, wow. it, it was enough for the first month. And I've gone to Claire, who is my head of finance. She's she's my niece. And I'm saying, we're going to do this. Can we, we, no, we can't. It's it's hundreds of thousands of pounds a month. We just don't have it. I said, Claire, can we get through the first month? Well, yeah, but what about month two? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Month two will take care of itself. We'll just do it.
1: And, you, you know, just yesterday I was talking to one of my mentees and, and he said, I know I'm working all all the hours and and I'm now to the point where I can't work any more hours so I can earn this, but I've got to take someone on, but I'm not earning enough to take someone on. The problem is we all think it's a 50 grand a year cost. We don't think we only need to get through the first few months. And if we can get through the first few months, they can help us make more money. And if they help us make more money, because they're looking at what they have got, but what they can afford today, not what the investment
0: will make them for tomorrow. Yeah. So the, biggest part of all of this is my expectation because my expectation is real it's tangible it's almost you could cut it with a knife and that expectation was going into my senior team my heads off we would have Wednesday morning briefs every Wednesday until we got too big and then it went every fortnight And and um, that expectation is belief as well, isn't it? So they can buy into your belief. And every single person that worked for me, and when I sold the company, I think we were about 320. Every single person, even if they were in our Nottingham office, even if they were in our Newcastle office, every single one of those people would spend an hour and a half at least with Kev at the end of their induction. So what was the... And I would plow that expectation into them.
1: But that expectation started long before you got to three hundred and twenty people. I guess. What were the big? What were the key kind of steps from can't afford one month of this TV station or TV show
0: to three hundred and twenty staff? You know,
1: was it quick once it happened? That
0: that probably happened over a period of, of about eight eight years from going employing probably 15 people to 320 and it was a gradual you know that typical curve that just gets steeper and steeper and in
1: that eight years though you go from not being able to afford your living costs still cleaning carpets
0: yeah yeah
1: at what point did you realize you had a business that was going to be that was life-changing in terms of wealth and security um When I
0: started to take a wage, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Probably made your wife happy. Yeah, made my wife happy, and I could finally stop carpet cleaning. Brilliant. Finally stop working behind bars and selling insurance.
1: I hope you're enjoying this episode of Success as a System. Come back every fortnight to hear tips, tricks and systems to make you the best business person you can be. Visit my website, mikegreen.co.uk for information on my mentorship and follow on all my socials for bite-sized pieces of advice. Thanks very much. Now let's jump back into this week's episode. And I remember when you spoke for Joe, you talked about even when you sold the business, you weren't in a rush to sell the business. You didn't want to sell the business, but you kept being offered more money. Talk to us about... How, did, did you ever put the business on the market or
0: did you just get approached and what was that journey like? I was a, I was approached. So when would this have been? Roughly 2015, maybe six, 2015, I guess. Uh, I was approached by a national brand. I hadn't approached them. And they approached me saying, we've got a product that we can't get reviews, but you're getting loads and loads of reviews. How would you do it? Um, so I said, well, come and see me. So uh, a lady came to see me that represented this company. And um, right at the end of the meeting, she said, oh, uh, if we are going to partner with you, because that was what they wanted to do, uh, would you be interested in selling a few shares so that the company I represent uh, could be have something tangible in it? I said, well, I don't want to sell. But at that point, Richard, who I'd mentioned, owned 20%. And my eldest brother, Tony, owned 20%. Uh, Tony was a completely silent partner. Richard was pretty much hands-on in the company uh, with administration <clears> tasks. Uh, I said, well, I don't want to sell, but maybe my brother and, and Richard would want, because they're both uh, nine and ten years older than me. Yeah. And on occasion, there was never any pressure, but on occasion, retirement was brought up. So that was always in the back of my head. They want to retire. How am I going to How am I going to solve that for them? Not that that's probably shouldn't be my responsibility, but I thought it was. So um, I said, well, I don't want to sell, but, and they jumped at it. So they valued the company at 10 million. So um, uh, a few percent went up to 20%, went up to 40%. And Richard and Tony are really happy because they're going to both walk off with 2 million each. Yeah. Um, And then it went to 51%. And I said, no. No, I'm not interested. I'm I'm not I've never done this to make money. I've never I'm solving the road trade problem in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where I am. And they said, well, surely you could solve it quicker, more effectively, with our brand behind you. It's a national brand, everyone would know it. Um So I spoke to my wife and I pondered on it and I'm thinking, well, six million is an awful lot of money. Not that I'm doing it for money, but if they're gonna put you know four four million into the pot to move it forward and i've got their brand backing it and i negotiated a really good three-year period and i would get more uh, typical if you sell your business and earn three out. there was earnouts and whatever and there was an opportunity for me to stay at the helm if i wanted to so um i shook hands i said yes so i told richard and and tony they were absolutely delighted um and I was selling the whole company at that point, all of it. Um, so they sent a team in, admin team. Where's the legals? We'll chase it. They send another team in, looking at complaints, looking at marketing, whatever. Where are the legals? Come on. Two months go by. And I'm saying, look, this is ridiculous. And You're sending all your these things out and stealing in. your IP. Yeah, we'll chase them, Kev. And and I finally got the legals through, and it wasn't what we shook hands on. So I said, "Go away." Um, and within two weeks, they had duplicated everything that they'd learned from me on their own website with a, a new brand, copying me exactly. Oh, that's what they did. There's nothing you can do about that. You didn't. I could take them to court, but I didn't have any money to yeah. take them to court. Really. You know, so it's like, wow, you know, and I'm at, with my Christian background. I'm thinking, well, do I take vengeance on that? And I, I just think, no, you know, let, let them let, let God deal with them. Um. So at that point, uh, Richard was OK with it. But my brother, um, he wasn't OK. Uh, he was very, very upset. Um, and uh, the relationship was put on a knife's edge because of that. I guess the problem is, and I've seen it with lots of people
1: who come to sell their business and selling a business can take a year to three years. It's not, a, it's not a quick process. And, uh, and I've seen a lot of them spend the money long before the, 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 the day comes
0: and then they're easy to chip because they've um, already mentally my brother, built a new life. Yeah. My, my brother didn't need the money. He, he was successful in his own right. He had a, he built a company, uh, doing dentistry. He was a dental technician. He wasn't a dentist, but he'd do your crowns and your bridges and your room veneers etc etc and he he sold that for for quite a lot of money okay Uh, he didn't really need the money that was coming from us but uh, he thought it was coming um but when that fell through um that really was you know he was the person that took my father's place as far as that's where i needed approval from and now i had that person really not thinking very much of me at all thinking I was greedy, is six million not enough, Kev? Um, but you'd agreed to price anyway, hadn't you? So you hadn't backed down. No, it, they, they, well, the, they changed the, the deal in real The 10 million time. was still on the table. They changed everything else. Oh, ah, okay. <clears throat> so six million not enough for you, Kev, you know? But well, uh, it wasn't about In amongst with you. lots of explicatives and personal stuff about my faith. Anyway, so that made me think, oh, I've just got to sell this. Right. Uh, but I did a deal with him. I said, look, I don't want to, I don't want to get a buyer and have to come to you saying it's fallen through again. I need you to tell me how much you want for your shares. And I'll do a back to back deal. One day I'll phone you up and I'll say, look in your bank account. So he told me what he wanted and we had it drawn up professionally, but legally signed it bang so um my my accountant um Rupert Rawcliffe absolutely phenomenal guy at selling businesses he's got deal maker of the year four or five times mm-hmm. and he went out and he found another buyer uh, uh the guy that built tescos he was part of a buying group Terry Lee here yeah, yeah. yeah. turned him down uh Alec Chesterman who founded um, Zupla, built Zupla. I don't know whether he founded it, but he built it. Um, I turned him down. Uh, private equity company came along, turned them down. Another private equity company came along, turned them down. And and Rupert must be thinking, for goodness sake, Kev, <laughs> it's because these people wouldn't do things that I wanted. I wanted them to stay in Celsius, look after my team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And put something tangible so that I could see that is what was going to happen. And none of them would or could. But a
1: lot of people would just take the
0: money and run. What, why, why different? Is it your faith, your belief? Your... Because I, because I would, I would, I said to every single person at their induction, if I ever sell this company, I will make sure it's to the right people. And I would say to them, you working for me, um, you're giving me a slice of your life. And you might be trading water financially and in your career wise and whatever, and you're building my dream. So if I sell my dream, I'll help you. I'll give you, I'll give you a slice of what I sell the company for, uh, and I'll make sure that I sell it to the right company. Nice. That was the commitment I made to them. And no amount of money is going to change that commitment to me because I, I'm. You're hung by your tongue then. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, a huge company in America uh, approached me. Called IAC, um, and they own massive brands in America and a few big brands in in the UK like Tinder. Okay, um, and they approached me and they wanted to buy it, and I said, "Well, look, these are the these are the points that you have to agree to." Blah blah blah, and we went through due diligence like I have never witnessed before. It was so in depth. It was so. Severe. It was so time consuming. My head team were frazzled where we were growing at 40% a year at that point. That year it went down to 25% because yeah. our focus and was people on due don't diligence. Realize how much time it takes. It, it was huge. Nine months. Yeah. And we tick that box, tick that box, tick that box. And it's all going to a data room, tick that box. And we got to the last two, stay in Celsius, look after the team. Can't do it. Oh. And yet that was foundational. 50 million was on the table. 50 million. I said, well, I'm really sorry. It's, it's finished then. Um, and I could remember, uh, the CEO Joey from America phoned me up. I, I flew out there during all this to meet him. Kevin, we're paying you more than it's worth. I said, yeah, but you won't do the last two things. Yeah, but we, we just can't. I said, but. You knew these had to be ticked nine months ago. No, you obviously thought he they said, you said, but could Kev, you
1: into it along the way. Yeah.
0: 50 million, Kev. Come on. And I said, well, I'm really sorry. I turned them down. And during that time, when you, people that don't know if they go into uh, due diligence, normally there's an exclusion period where you cannot talk to anybody else. If someone else approaches you to buy your company, you have to say no can't talk to you yeah, yeah, yeah. and that happened HomeServe approached me and i just said look i'm really sorry richard richard Harpin, the guy that founded it i can't talk to you and he was really honorable he didn't push it he didn't take it forward all he said to me is when does your exclusivity period finish and i gave him the date and he phoned me on that day again didn't speak to him since um, and at that point I was thinking, shall I turn them down? Shall I not? It's 50 million. And that, the stress levels yeah. of turning down 50 million pounds, I don't know how I'm alive today. I don't. It, the weight. Well, you still know it was the right thing. Yeah. The weight is incredible. I've never experienced anything like that. Uh, but I turned them down. And then I got into conversations with Richard, and I said, Richard, I'm really sorry. I have had two and a half, three years of trying to find a buyer. I've just gone through nine months of due diligence, and and my head team, everybody is, we just can't take anymore. We're going to continue, and my brother will have to suck it up, because that's the only reason I was doing it. Yeah, yeah. I was only doing it for my brother. Oh. Um, anyway, I spoke to Rupert, Rupert Rawcliffe, and he said, why don't you just give me your top five things, Kev, and one of those is a time limit, and I'll go and see what they say. Home serve or the American Home serve. Okay, yeah. Home serve. So I gave him five things. Price, deal has to be done in two two weeks stay in Celsius, put something in writing where you look after my team, blah, blah, blah. And they came back and out of the five things they said yes to four and they said no to one. And the one they said no to was I wanted quarter of a million pounds in my account and if they pull out or don't complete it within the time period, they lose it. And Richard came back to me and he says, Kev, I just can't get that through the board because if it takes longer than two weeks, yeah. if it takes up two weeks and a day, They've got to leave that money. I just can't give you, but I will give you my word, Kev, that uh, this will happen. So I said, okay. And the deal was done in two, two and a half weeks. Brilliant. For much more than 50? More than
1: 50, yeah. Brilliant. And your brother probably still not happy?
0: Well, my brother got his, the money that was agreed um, when he found out what I'd actually sold it for. Um, again, he was incredibly indignant, incredibly, uh, upset.
1: But to me, I I talk a lot about money can, we talked about money not being the root of all evil. The love of money is, and when it becomes that ruler, it it is so destructive, but
0: for the people who it, it becomes the ruler, no amount
1: of money makes them happy.
0: I'd made him a lot of money because we'd built buildings that yeah. were in the company. He'd have dividend payments throughout the years. And when we uh, various aspects of all those dividends and, the, and the, the selling of those units, when we finally sold and etc. etc. Um, he, he got a lot. of money. He, got, he got twice as much as what he got from selling his own business. You glad you sold? No. Would you sell if you had a chance again? No. Why? Um, I, straight away, we went to London, signed the deal for 40% and I kept 60. And they had an option in a a couple of years to buy another 35%, leaving me with 25. As soon as I'd done the 40%, it was like, my wife and I went up, we signed, glass of champagne. Wow, okay, I've got all these millions in the bank now, but we got on the train and went home. Next day, what have I done? Sold your baby. What have I done? Uh, I went back to Richard Harpin. Richard, I need to buy it back. I'll cover all your expenses and I'll give you a percentage on top. He said, well, of course, Kev, I can't do that. No, we've been looking for this. It's... And I, I didn't think he would. Yeah. And, and I didn't expect him to, but I had to ask the question. Um, and then... You just go into a tragic spiral. I I, I I relate it to quite a few of these celebrities that lose their luster. And then you hear that Ant from Ant and Deck is now in a rehab. Yeah. Um, and I can understand why. Because I was Mr. Checker Trade, I was the guy handing over trophies that went. Every day has a purpose. And yeah. yeah. And even though I had a mortgage when I sold the company, um, the purpose and the realization uh, of what I've given and where I could have taken it still uh, was immense. And then I had all sorts of problems. Now I, I had, I had the genuine intention to go and give my brother some more money. Um, because in relation to what he owned, to what he got, he had a hard deal. And I'm thinking, I'll oh, go, I'll, I'll give him some more money. But one of the things within the deal, because it happened so quick, there was a clause that said, we're going to do an in-depth look at the finances. And if we find any ir- irregularities, we're going to claw some back. It's like, oh, flipping egg. Okay. And I didn't know whether there's going to be, I'm not a financial guy and I'm, and I'm, well, I'm not going to talk to my brother until this has gone through all these things. Um, and they did. They found an irregularity. They said your your EMI scheme, which is a share option scheme for some of your key players, was illegal. Okay. Well, hold on. That was put into place by Grant Thornton. But it was Grant Thornton that was doing <laughs> the, oh, uh, right. okay. yeah. uh, the due diligence afterwards. But obviously a different department. And, and I had to and, and I, I went back to Rupert. Uh, on on the, um, apparently we were also deferring some income incorrectly, which w- which adjusted the figures, which meant we didn't make this much. We only made this much. And the multiple changes, yeah. And the, and I'm going to Rupert. What what could this mean? Kev, they they could reverse the deal. I said, well, if they do, that's great. Yeah, but. I've given my brother all this money because it was a back-to-back deal. And, and hey, I, I, I can swallow that, but I'm not going to go to my brother and talk to him about giving him some more money at this point. I've got to get through all these things. Yeah. And and then there was another clause that, that was about if if a legal situation came up with someone – and there was someone that had tried several times to sue us. They were uh, someone that we'd sold a license to, but we, licensing right. didn't work. And they tried a couple of times to come to us and say, well, you stopped the license and you shouldn't have done it. Well, no, we didn't. And we defended it. Anyway, that was all going on as well. Um, and then it's, it's like, man, this is just, it's just horrendous. It was just getting horrendous. Um, so you wouldn't have sold it. No, I wouldn't have sold it. What next for you? Yeah, that's a very good question because um, you may have interviewed people in in my position and they might say they went through a dark tunnel. Yeah. Oh, dark. happens a lot. Black. Black. You know, I would leave this house at three o'clock in the morning and I would wander down the dark alleyways in the pitch black and the rain going, Good job. I've got a wife and daughters. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd kill myself. And yet,
1: to most of what? the country, the world. Okay, you've rich. now got everything they think they want. Yeah.
0: You're chasing the rainbow uh, well, instead of enjoying the rainbow.
1: And and so that sort of for me that what's the saying about you spend your life climbing a ladder to realise it's against the wall and or it's it's against the wrong wall or it's not the journey, it's not the destination, it's the journey. And clearly for you, it was the journey. absolutely the journey, yeah. And so suddenly you've reached a destination,
0: but you're missing the journey. Absolutely, yeah. You can start a new journey. I can start a new journey, but that's really hard when you're going through a dark patch. And you're still in that? No, I'm not. I've come out of it. Good. I've now uh, invested into all sorts of different pots, you know, everything from crypto to art to other companies to startups to businesses that I'm heavily involved in now. Um,
1: and I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to do another session with you. I'm conscious we, we've talked much longer than I thought we would today, but it's been fascinating. I know it's useful. I know it'll be inspiring to a lot of people, but I would love to come back as that journey unfolds. And what I would say is all the people I've spoken to and on a slightly different scale, but myself too, you, it is you, you miss so much of who you are. I often talk about, well, my brother-in-law once said to me, you're a crap dad, you're, you're never here, you're in Australia, you're in America. And, you know, defensively, I said, well, you, you are there and you're not You're not kind of there there. But, you know, at least when I am here, I'm here here. And yeah. I loved him to bits and, and um, sadly he's not with us anymore. But afterwards, you think about these statements that people make and you think, I wish I'd said this, I wish I'd said that and you come yeah. up with a clever response. But what I realised he was saying is that... Um, Or trying to say, is what's more important to you, Mike, work or family? And so we would in that answer always say, well, family. (sighs) How can you separate it? Well, but now what I say Mm. is having realised that was the question he was asking and knowing that we would all answer, well, it's family, of course. I realised it's like saying to somebody, which arm do you want to cut off? Now, if I had to cut an arm off, I'd cut my left arm off because I'm right-handed. Yeah. But I'm not a complete person without both arms. And what yeah, I do right. in business is as much a part of me. In fact, it yeah. makes me a better person having business for my family. And I'm a better dad and I'm a better husband. And I'm a better person in my community when I do both because I'm whole. I'm not whole without that. Yeah. And And one of the ways I bridge that gap, that uh, transition, is helping other people mentoring i mean to me yeah. i charge for it because for many years i was entrepreneur in residence at two different centers uh doing it for nothing but if you give it for nothing people don't appreciate it the same it's a bit like a free gym membership or turn up occasionally if i gotta pay for it am i going to use it or you know or i'm wasting my uh, money and so now i charge a rate that i think is a reasonable fair commercial rate and because of that people respect that rate yeah, and even if they don't i can use the money elsewhere yeah. but helping others on that journey Gives me a taste of it every day, at different parts of that journey, and I've been there, so I can talk to them about when I was there. I, I I know how you feel. I felt the same way, but what I found was, and we can share that journey. And mm-hmm. isn't that sort of connect us
0: back full circle almost to faith and? and well, it can, is. And, uh, I, I mean, one of the things that has brought me huge amounts of joy in amongst all the really dark times is some of the some of the charitable things that we've done. Through my connections and my journeys as a Christian and with churches into Bangladesh and Nepal, um, we've built relationships with pastors over there and we've built hostels for boys, hostels for girls. We've helped rescue girls from the sex trays and and boys and girls off the streets. Uh, We went over there in February um, this year to open the boys hostel. The girls hostel opened during lockdown, so we couldn't go and that is was just the best best two three days of my but life it, but
1: if any of those people in any religion saw the um in their eyes the upside or benefit of going without of living a simple life surely that it, that brings it full circle as to why abundance and wealth was important on your journey because you are now giving back to so
0: many people yeah. in a way you could never give back um I I agree with that, but what's going through my head, which is the tangent of that, is I sincerely believe one of the biggest issues in society today is accountability. If I can get away with it, I'll get away with it, or I won't do it, or I'll do a bad job. Nobody knows. But I sincerely believe that one day I will stand before my maker and he'll say to me, Kev, give me an account of your life. Kev. Why did you not implement this into Checker Trade? Why did you allow that tradesman to be on board when you knew he was Kev? What happened in that situation? I've, 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 my overwhelming, um, pull, desire, driving force. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Is I want my God to say to me, well done, Kev.
1: Yeah. But surely we should all have that, um, some version of accountability within ourselves, wherever it comes from that makes us be better but i mean if it gives you any um comfort we got my wife Julia and i were married by a lady called leslie james wonderful lady an incredible international medium but also a christian spiritualist uh and so she was able to marry us uh uh vicar And um I remember her saying once, I was talking, Well, if there is a God, why do children die? And if there is a God, why do these things happen? And you know, she always had a really clear way of saying that that when we come back, that, that they their belief was that our real life was our spiritual life, and we're here to learn a lesson or we're here for a purpose. And actually that's why sometimes people look at children and say, They're an old spirit, they've been here before, whatever it is. Uh, and she would say before you ever come to this, this realm, this life, yeah. it's like choosing to go on a course. You know where you're going to start. You know where you're going to finish. You know how long you're going to be there. Yeah. But you might only need to be there a little while. And the curveball that God gives, whoever your God may be for anybody else, it, the curveball is you have free will. So, even, so it's mm-hmm. like a flight leaving Heath Road to go to New York. And it's got a clear flight path, but winds will blow it off course. If it goes too far, of course, it will be knocked back And on. sometimes your life can be very windy.
0: Uh, and sometimes <laughs> it
1: can be very windy. Yeah. But the the lessons come from when you're blown off course, not when you're on your path.
0: Yeah. When you're just on the standard route, it can be an autopilot. It doesn't need any intervention. I mean, going through those dark days, did my Christianity help me? I'm sad to say, no, it didn't. Because you felt alone, yeah. I've, I I just felt I made a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake, and I shouldn't have done it. Terrible mistake, and I've got no purpose in life. My purpose was what God gave me, and I've thrown it away. But you're doing for, great for things, what? and why did, great I, things. why did I? Why did I? I know, and it's those things that within the within the Christian aspects and the charitable side of what we do now as a family uh, does give me great joy. I think God would be very, very disappointed with me on the day I have to give an account for my life if I haven't given huge amounts of my wealth away and helped as many people as I possibly. And could. do you think
1: that's where Buffett come from? Buffett came from because the Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates, and Warren Buffett have got now thousands of millionaires and and tens of billionaires to yeah. agree to give away ninety nine percent of their wealth in their lifetime. So I mean, their children are still going to be comfortable, but they'll sure. their biggest uh, gift will be the the lessons and the yeah. time, rather than the wealth. But uh, there's an increasing movement of people who I are think, starting to that give way. that away. Yeah, and and to realise that. But you know, I know and I appreciate your time because uh, that tunnel. I hope it gets lighter and lighter. And I know that oh, people is. will be inspired yeah. by this. And I'd love to come back and uh, uh, maybe in six months or a year and catch up on the journey and and take some more lessons because. I know we haven't scratched the surface of what uh, of what we could have today absolutely thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure i've really been inspired i've enjoyed it and i've taken some lessons myself if you've enjoyed it do come back Do like do share do subscribe do get do email me or send me some questions that when we come back you can ask kevin and uh see us again on success as a system thank you thank you